From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. This pandemic has changed the way many of us are eating. We find ourselves having most of our meals at home, and either because our budget is lower or because store shelves are still dealing with food shortages, we may be preparing meals with limited supplies. So I've asked for some help making good nutritious choices from Dr. Koshal Nanavati. He's the Assistant Dean of Wellness at Upstate, an Assistant Professor of Family Medicine and Medical Director of Integrative Therapy. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Nanavati. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Amber. I really appreciate it. So there are a lot of reasons that our diets may have changed quite a bit the last eight months. What's important to know about the basic nutrients we need to make sure that we're getting? Well, I think the one thing that's uh, really important to emphasize, even before we get into the nutrition side of it, is that with this pandemic, there's been a a huge psychological impact for a lot of people. Uh, And it's kind of gone both ways, but I'd say more uh, in terms of people not sticking to some of their healthier nutrition regimen, uh, oftentimes either because they're frustrated, uh, the amount of despair and distress that this kind of locked-in phenomenon has had for a lot of people uh, has kind of thrown them off their game a little bit psychologically. Uh, And then I have some patients who've actually taken this as an opportunity to focus more, right? Because you can't do much else. uh, And so what you do is then take the time. So some families have gotten everybody engaged in the food prep and food regimen, food culture within the household, uh, while others have kind of just thrown up their hands and said, you know what, can't find the stuff that I need, so I'm just going to get the stuff that I want. Uh, and that's not always the healthiest. So to get to your question, what do people need? What I'll say is that there are no bad food groups. So between carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, um, you know, all three food groups are necessary, but there are bad foods within each group. And so the real focus is that we want to try to optimize what we get out of the different food groups between carbohydrates, fats, and proteins uh, so that we get the right nutrients uh, and the right nutrition and calories as well. No bad food groups, but I think some of us might have indulged a little bit in the junk food group. So getting back from that would be sort of doing doing away with some of the, the extra sugar that we're getting, right? Right. And actually, so with foods, the, the real thing is with these different food groups and Junk food group is a nice labeling, (laughs) Uh, but what I'll say is it's about portion, proportion, preparation, and timing for the different food groups. So simply put on the broad scope, carbohydrates, so think about bread, rice, potato, pasta, sugar, carbohydrates in general should go down as the day goes on. Uh, They're great fuel for the body, but we don't fill our gas tank when we pull back in the garage. We fill it before we go on a long trip. And so with foods also, the concept is that carbohydrates can go down as the day goes on, while healthy fats and healthy proteins, so we're talking about things like nuts, avocado, um, you know, for people that eat uh, animal protein, fish, turkey, chicken, uh, beans, lentils, legumes, uh, all of these things can be spread throughout the day uh, as healthy sources of starch, and proteins, and obviously vegetables, you know, the goal is to try to get seven to nine servings of vegetables a day. One serving being a measuring cup of raw, 
or a half a measuring cup of cooked. And so if our listening audience really thinks about it, how many people get, you know, close to seven, let alone five, which was recommended by, you know, the Cardiology Association. Uh, how do you feel about eggs? So the thing about eggs is it's like a roller coaster uh, over the last, you know, decades, if you want to call it. Every few years we hear eggs are good. Every few years we hear eggs are bad. Eggs are a great source of protein, of omega-3. And again, for vegetarians, generally they don't eat them. But for people that do eat any kind of animal protein, and we even have eggitarians who will eat eggs and vegetables but not other meats, um, the thing to think about is um, that the yolk, uh, for people that have cardiovascular disease, high cholesterol, historically it's been thought that the yolk uh, has an impact on the cholesterol. So they've said, you know, egg whites are okay, but be careful of egg yolks. And I think to ride the kind of wave more evenly through the coming years even, what I tell people is if you're having, you know, two whites for every yolk approximately, you're probably going to be okay. So people that have an egg a day generally are fine, but the way we think about it is while there's a great nutritive value, if you have certain health conditions, you know, very high cholesterol or cardiovascular disease or some kind of gut dysfunction, uh, and some chronic inflammatory conditions, then you might have to be careful. And that's something to discuss with your primary care provider or your uh, nutrition expert. All right. So that's good advice. Um, okay. With thinking that there's really, in general, no food to avoid, there's still, let me ask you, which foods do you think give you the biggest nutritional bang for your buck? Which are the best ones? So I'll tell you from the vegetables, what we know is that the cruciferous vegetables, so broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, spinach, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, celery, those foods actually have, uh, they're a good source of calcium, good anti-inflammatory benefit in the body, anti-cancer. In fact, there are some smaller studies that have shown that three servings of any of those a day uh, has actually shown to stabilize or even potentially reverse plaque in arteries, which none of our pills do. Uh, so I think cruciferous vegetables, but, you know, the rainbow of fruit colors is fantastic and great to have. Uh, so I think that would be wonderful. Uh, I think about nuts and the value they bring, especially walnuts and almonds, help to elevate our healthy cholesterol, which we call HDL. Uh, so they have value. Um, then we think about beans, lentils, and legumes. And so the Mediterranean diet, which... A lot of people kind of, you know, espouse there's great data for, uh, for all kinds of health conditions. Uh, people remember the fish and the wine, uh, along with the olive oil and the yogurt and cheese and legumes. But when they looked back, it was the legumes, the beans, uh, that actually gave the best benefit for morbidity, uh, uh, which is sickness and mortality from all causes. Uh, and so, you know, beans, lentils, and legumes can be the primary source of protein. Uh, for most people, that would be a great foundation. And then we think about fruits. You know, what are good fruits? Well, fruits that are in season are the best fruits to have as a general rule. Uh, but, you know, even within fruits, for people that are calorie conscious, some of the berries are actually lower calorie, whereas things like banana can be a little bit higher calorie. Watermelon is really low calorie. Uh, so, again, you know, understanding the value of different foods and food groups. In terms of animal proteins, you know, fish tends to have benefit because of the omega-3. Uh, and what that does in terms of inflammation, mood, 
uh, and overall uh, cardiovascular condition. Uh, but even higher doses of omega-3 have been associated with uh, stabilizing or impacting cancer in a positive way. Uh, so fish, then we think turkey tends to be more lean. Uh, then we think about chicken, and then you think about, you know, red meat. Red meat gets vilified, uh, but it's really how it's prepared. So red meat cooked on high heat, uh, charred, or well done uh, has a link with a chemical reaction that produces dioxin, which has been associated with increased risk for colon, bladder, and then in men, prostate cancer. So, you know, it's about preparation for red meat, uh, and depending on the cut, um, you know, between medium rare and medium well, uh, using medium heat. And in fact, crock potting or making stews is a great way to get it evenly cooked without charring it, you know. Uh, but processed meats are a problem uh, in many ways because they've been associated with an increased risk for cancer in general. And so uh, things that are processed, packaged, uh, bacon, sausage, um, you know, ham, those are not your optimal choices. Let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Koshal Nanavati. He's the Dean of Wellness at Upstate and a doctor of family medicine. And we're talking about how the pandemic has impacted our way of eating for, for many of us. So you've mentioned a lot about beans. And so I want to get specific. Beans are available in cans. Beans are available dried. There's a variety of types of beans does it matter which we're choosing, and does it matter how we prepare them? So there's a whole science surrounding beans as well. And, uh, you know, I think when we talk about it, you start off earlier with, you know, either what's accessible or what's affordable. Uh, and when you think about beans, first of all, canned, we generally don't recommend for pretty much anything. Uh, and part of that is because uh, historically with canned goods, the lining uh, has actually been associated with uh, potential risk for inflammation in the body as well. Uh, and so what we try to tell people is if you want to be economical and practical, getting dry beans uh, is probably the best way to do it. And how do you prepare them? You can soak them overnight. And then if you have a pressure cooker, you can pressure cook them and they're ready to go. Or you can cook them with your other foods. Uh, obviously, on uh, you know YouTube and other uh, online resources, you can find recipes and, and quick ways to prepare beans as well. But the dry beans uh, are probably the best to do in getting them overnight. Uh, people worry about you know increased gas. Uh, you know, again, I know it's a family show, but the reality is reality. Uh, people do worry about that. And uh, one of the things I tell my patients more as a light humor is to say. Uh, you know, just look to the person next to you and say, excuse you, right? Uh, but at the same time, the reality is with bean prep, um, especially when we soak them, if you drain them uh, and then use them, uh, sometimes there's less potential for gas. Sometimes, depending on the recipe that you're making, if you use a little bit of uh, baking soda, that can also ease the gas production um, and so, or flatulence rather. So, uh, I think from that perspective, there are ways to do it. But beans, lentils, legumes uh, are an excellent source of protein and healthy starch. Within the beans, uh, the more dense beans so can be more keto-friendly. So people that are vegetarian but want to kind of try to eat a healthier, lower-carb type of, of meal regimen or menu uh, would use some of the more dense beans like black beans and chickpeas 
over things like kidney beans or fava beans or the bigger beans in general. So should we be eating the beans with something else? I, I think a lot of people, you know, might mix them with rice. Uh, is there something healthier than rice that we could mix them with? So first of all, that's a fantastic point, uh, Amber, uh, because the reality is, is that beans actually have, and different beans have different essential amino acids. Now, this term, essential amino acids, refers to uh, the base molecules that uh, help with our building our proteins. Uh, and essential means the ones that our body doesn't naturally make. Uh, but in many ways, uh, some of the literature says that uh, these essential amino acids are almost in a, like a locked form that we're not easily able to access when we eat beans. When you combine them with rice, uh, that actually helps to activate them. So if you look at cultures around the world, you know, most cultures, if you think about it, they have some form of rice and beans, rice and lentils, uh, recipes that they have because it's a great combination for healthy starch as well as for protein. Uh, and obviously the way you prepare it using certain oils or butter, um, the healthy fats as well. Uh, now, that being said, um, you know, with rice, between white rice and brown rice and even black rice, uh, brown and black rice tend to be uh, healthier for us to have. Uh, and then there's also things like quinoa, which can be a great substitute. Uh, some people also use things like couscous in certain cultures. Uh, so there are definitely substitutes that can be had. Uh, and, you know, locally, you can find them in our grocery stores. Uh, and, you know, I think one of the important things people can do is recognize a couple of things. So how to get this type of healthy food in an affordable manner. Um, part of it requires a little bit of a price comparison, right? Um, so I, you know, I want to put a plug in for our local farmers markets throughout the community uh, because that's a, play, a great place to get fresh produce, uh, fresh product, uh, and the potential to be able to at least uh, negotiate and bargain a little bit so it becomes a win-win both ways. Uh, we want to support our local growers as well. At the same time, uh, you know, between our local kind of uh, vendors, whether it be, uh, you know, Wegmans or Aldi or Tops or even some of the other smaller grocery stores, uh, you know, different stores will have different price points for different things. And while it does seem like it's a chore, I've got a lot of patients who will go to, you know, let's say Aldi for some stuff, Wegmans for something else, uh, Tops for something else, or Price Chopper. Uh, it's kind of variable, uh, depends on the price point, but that's a great way to bargain. There are groups of people in our community who come together um, and either will uh, do group shopping and buy in bulk so that they can uh, reduce the cost per unit for them. And then also we have, uh, you know, kind of food co-ops uh, that also bring baskets of foods that people can have monthly, you know, kind of uh, subscriptions to. Uh, where you get seasonal produce. Uh, and a lot of my patients have learned to eat things they would never thought of because it came in their basket. So there are definitely many ways that this can be done in a positive way. So some fun experimentation, perhaps. Well, let me ask you before we run out of time, in terms of beverages, is there anything that we need other than water? So water is the best uh, thing to drink. And so you know, this could be a whole different discussion because people will write back into you and say, well, you know, my tap water isn't the purest or I have well water. You know, what about alkaline water? What about spring water or, 
seltzer, you know, uh, can I have carbonated water? Uh, and the bottom line is water is still the best drink out of all. When we think about things like dairy, et cetera, and I support our dairy farmers, New York State actually has a lot. However, um, you know, and milk is great for protein, great as a source of vitamin D, uh, and even healthy fat. Um, it's not necessarily that it's a necessity for us uh, as such, but we do need the calcium. We do need the protein. Uh, and if somebody doesn't have lactose intolerance and tolerates it, that's fine for them. Yogurt is fine if they can tolerate it. Uh, that's absolutely okay. But things like soda um, and or sugared sweetened beverages and even diet drinks uh, are not optimal. And things that have food coloring, um, you know, those are also things that have the potential to trigger inflammation in the body. Energy drinks, another problem. Uh, because people overconsume caffeine, which isn't necessarily harmful in low doses, but can have uh, effects on the heart and on your blood pressure uh, when taken in higher doses. Well, this has been some practical and very helpful advice. Thank you to Dr. Koshal Nanavati. He's a doctor of family medicine and medical director of integrative therapy and the dean of wellness at Upstate Medical University. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.